week. We'll pitch. Back with another episode. Dun, 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 dun. I'm very yeah. good. Yeah, it's not bad, isn't it? Yeah. Not bad. Yes, we are back to do what we do best, which is review a movie and then pitch a sequel, which will never, ever be made. Oh, how proud <laughs> our parents must be. <laughs> I am your favourite host, Andy Henry. Hold for applause. And people have been screaming at Hollywood for decades to make a sequel to this classic. So we will do what they aren't smart enough to and give you listeners the best pictures in the world to the highlight of the 1980s, Flash Gordon. Mm. As you can as you could probably guess, Matt isn't here. Guess where he is? Yep. Unfortunately, Ross is also stuck on Planet Mingo uh, with Flash and Dale and Zarkov and cannot make this episode. So challenging me this week to the deadly game known as the Wooden Beast, which... Saying it now, if you haven't seen the movie in a while, it doesn't sound actually that scary. It's an, it's an obscure body from the SK system. The inhabitants <laughs> refer to it as Planet Drew Toynbee. <laughs> Very good. Hello, ev- Hello everyone. <laughs> Hello, everyone. And our special guest this week, uh, or this episode, it's Ming's evil brother, the host of Podcaster Stories, Podchat and Memories of 3DO, Co-host of Mental Health and Us, head of podcast for experience at Captivate.fm. It's Danny Brown. Hello, Danny. Hello, hello. Not the rapper from Detroit. (laughs) (laughs) On your Twitter, yeah. Danny Brown and then in brackets, not the rapper. (laughs) So, Danny, spare our lives briefly and tell our listeners what you've been up to lately and why did you pick this movie for us this week? Yep. So, basically, just recording podcast episodes and doing the stuff over at Captivate. And then probably doing, doing some family stuff. I should always remind that I've got a family and you know, do stuff with them. Now, if they ever listen to the stuff I do, it'd be nice that they get recognition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, Flash Gordon, it's, uh, it's one of these movies. Um, it's so quiche that it's unbelievably good. Uh, and I think it, oh, yeah. it got, it, it, when it came out, it didn't get a lot of love. Um, people looked at it and was comparing it to, say, Star Wars or, you know, uh, stuff like that. And it didn't get a lot of love when it came out. But you watch it back over again and you you look at when it came out at the time and stuff like that. And it's just, it's an all-time classic. Like the soundtrack, the costumes, the cheesy effects, mm. everything. It's just, it's amazing. So mm. it needed love. And I, I really wanted a sequel. And it finishes on a part that it deserves a sequel. And you think you need to, you need to close this off. We're going to do the synopsis. It's not going to do the film justice. You have to watch this movie. But yeah. I will give it a go. So we open on Emperor Ming the Merciless, played by Max uh, von Snydow. Snydow? Snydow. Snydow. Max von Snydow. Cut that, cut that. <laughs> Causing natural disasters on Earth, just for shits and giggles. Uh, New York Jets football star Gregory Gordon, or as it says on his t-shirt, Flash, is played by Sam Jones, is on board a small plane uh, with travel agent Dale Arden, played by Melody Anderson. When the plane is hit by a meteor, they crash land into a greenhouse owned by scientist Dr. Hans Zarkloff, uh, played by Shane Topol. Just Topol. Uh, I, th- I think it's Heim Topol. But he was like, I think he was just mostly known as Topol. Topol. Yeah, that's where he's on uh, IMDb. And I was like, one name. Yeah. Uh, Zarkov believes the, da- the disasters are being caused by an extraterrestrial source, and Lords Flash and Dale aboard a spacecraft that he's just secretly built in his like back garden, and they head off to the planet Mongo to investigate. They're quickly captured by uh, Ming and. <laughs> Uh, brought before Ming, where Flash has a brilliantly, a brilliantly campy fight slash football game with some goons. Uh, <laughs> Ming orders Flash to be executed, Zarkov to be reprogrammed, and Dale to be prepared for his pleasure as he wants her to be his wife. Ming's uh, daughter, Princess Aura, played by Ornella Muti, seduces Ming's surgeon into bl- bringing Flash back from the dead, and together Flash and Aura flee to Abora, Aboria, sorry, uh, the kingdom of Robin Hood slash Peter Pan. Oh, no, wait, sorry, <laughs> Prince ba- uh, Baron? Baron? God, it's been it's like a week since I watched this movie. Baron? Baron? Baron. Yeah, Baron. Baron. Uh, played by Timothy Dalton. Timothy what a surprise Dalton. when he came out. When he I, came out. Yeah, I whoa. was. Good Lord. Um, Prince Barrett is in love with uh, a horror. What? A horror? No. That's, uh, <laughs> horror. Star, that's horror. A horror Star Trek. Yep. Uh, meanwhile, Clytus, uh, rings, uh, Ming's right-hand man with a metal face, orders the now brainwashed Zarkov to find Dale, and they escape to Mingo City. Uh, where they're captured by Hawkman and taken to Sky City. At Aboria, uh, Baron uh, senses there might be something between Aura and Flash, and he tells Flash he must perform the deadly ritual, but Flash tricks uh, Baron, and they both get captured by Hawkman and then taken to Sky City, where they meet Voltan, played by the only man who 
should be every character in every <laughs> fucking movie. Brian Blessed. Brian uh, Blessed! Brian! Um, oh, man, my, my intro for Ross was going to be a man who could bellow better than Brian Blessed, and I wanted <laughs> Ross to bellow. But... Uh, oh, he man. can't, though. No one can. I guess, I guess. Uh, Voltran forces um, Baron and Flash to fight to the death. Flash has a lot of opportunity to kill Baron, but instead saves him. Clytus then arrives, but Flash and Baron team up and kill him. Voltan and his Hawkmen then leave as Ming arrives and offers Flash lordship over Earth in exchange for his loyalty. Flash refuses and escapes as Ming orders Flash to be killed and Voltan's kingdom to be destroyed. Uh, Flash finds Voltan and they hatch a plan, leading to the big Act 3 fight. And Flash interrupts Ming Ming's wedding to Dale by flying a ship into the wedding <laughs> and impaling Ming. Like, honestly, watch this movie. It's, describe it. It just cannot it's justify so great. Jesus. Before his death, Ming attempts to use his powering on him uh, on Flash, but nothing happens. He then uses the ring on himself and is seemingly vaporized by its remaining power and disappears. Mm. We end on Baron Aura becoming the new leaders of Ming's palace and Baron Naaman uh, Voltan, the general of their armies, and Flash, Dale, and Zarkov kind of cheerfully wondering if and how and when they're ever returned to Earth. Uh, there's a pre credit scene, Marvel, take note, don't make us wait around for 10, 15 fucking minutes. Uh, pre uh, credit scene of an unknown gloved hand picking up Ming's ring, followed by Ming's evil <laughs> laugh echoing in the background. Ming's ring. And, and it says on screen, the end, and then a beat, and then yeah. a question mark. And then a big question mark. It oh, they were just perfect. pushing for that sequel. It's perfect. Wow. So, Danny, you're a big fan. When was the last time you saw this? Um, you know what? I was going to watch it again for this episode and I, I'm sorry, I didn't get around to it, but probably about five, six years ago, I watched it with my uh, son. I wanted to see what he thought of it, but he was only seven at the time. So I don't think he actually <laughs> appreciated it. Yeah. What did you think then uh, watching it for the first? Because I, I think this is actually my first time watching the whole film completely. I've seen Same. scenes and stuff, but I think this is the first time I've ever seen it completely the way through. So what was it like seeing it again? So for almost the first time, Danny. It was cool. I mean, I'm as, as much as I look a, a young, virile chappy, you know, as is as is clear. <laughs> um, I was actually a kid when this first came out, so I I saw it in the the movie theater uh, at the cinema. No way. Um, and that was amazing. So I'd seen uh, my first big film in the, the the cinema was Star Wars, um, the original one, um, and that just changed my whole aspect of what movies could be like. So I saw this as a preteen. I will preface that I was a preteen when i saw this I wasn't that old um and like i said i enjoyed it i uh, it was different um but i didn't think there was a lot of you know battles and stuff like that so and i wasn't a queen fan at the time i thought the music was kind of hokey but watching it again um and sort of watching it from a different aspect of just enjoying the pure fun that this movie is i mean this is like a movie that you could take any date to you could go yourself and watch it you could just bang it on a saturday night you could sit down and dissect it for hours and say, well, what about this subplot and this subplot and all that? And it's just, it's amazing. Um, and I think it's even better second, third, fourth time round. And when you get a bit older and you appreciate humour and slapstick and but actually mm. what it took to make this movie, um, yeah, I, I, I loved it. I, I didn't think it had gotten any worse over, over time. Drew, first time seeing it, your first... What was your first reaction? <laughs> so I I came to this with my entire experience of this movie being like mimetic, like from means of Gordon's alive <laughs> and and bad Dive, look. My Dive! <laughs> it's just and like Brian Blessed is a treasure. Yeah. But I but the the opening credits having the comic panels in them really did change my expectations in a, in a really really good way because i had always assumed that this movie was i'd heard about flash gordon and the original comics and the serials being an inspiration for star wars and so i assumed it took itself seriously and it reached the level that it did because mm. it was so bad when it was trying to be good but seeing those comic panels immediately went oh okay they are they are making this to be yeah, a live action comic book. Yeah. And so all of the <laughs> like the terrible acting, the yeah. just bizarre scripts, everything just worked really, oh. really well. And um 
<laughs> yeah, it, it's just, it is really iconic. It is unfortunate that Max von Sydow is effectively in yellow face and will just will yeah. yeah that you know it's a it it is a product of its time but it's worth mentioning that that's a bit <laughs> i was a bit just like whoa <laughs> oh dearie me but um yeah i had i had a great deal of fun with it 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 feels now like um someone could have made it five ten years ago in the way that garth Marenghi's dark place was made it looks yeah. like it's been made intentionally to look bad and like when when you think about 1977 and what they achieved with star wars obviously visual effects could do more than what they achieved with this film to a degree at least and so but it all adds to the charm and the music is fantastic and it, yeah i i had a really great time yeah i'm just uh just had a look this uh star wars on new hope had I think less money as well than Flash Gordon. No way. I think Flash Gordon had twenty million and Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Where did the money? To be fair, <laughs> yeah, the sets queen. in this movie, the sets are, yeah. are incredible. The sets are great. The costumes, um, all that. Yeah, like the CGI obviously is bad, but that's the time and all the money I can went into the sets and the costumes and fucking Queen probably. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah, for the first time seen it all the way through i again thought it was a it was trying to be star wars and because of the uh the silliness of it it got that, that reputation but yeah seeing that first panels and all that lot and i guess that's just the way it carries itself as a movie mm. um you just you yeah you, you know it's not taking itself seriously so yeah. i had an absolute absolute fun i can't believe it took me so long to properly watch the yeah. movie like Same. all the way through it's just like ridiculous like Afterwards, I was going through uh, IMDb's trivia and Goose and all that lot. And the, the the quotes, like this film has so many random, brilliant lines and quotes. And one is like, isn't it like uh, Flash is fighting Robin Hood or Baron? Um, and is it is it then when Dale kind of just comes in and goes, Flash, I love you, but the Earth has 14 hours to live. <laughs> oh, my yep. God. It's, and it's incredible. Like, what? And like Zarkov, like my first note is Zarkov pulled a gun on his partner. What the fuck? <laughs> Where did this come from? I'm like, did I literally miss? Did I actually miss like a scene? Or did you pull a gun out? And no, uh, like this, yeah, this is uh, it's a and, mental. Yeah, just like they crash land in a greenhouse that happens to be like this defunct scientist, and he's got a rocket, and they're in space within like seven minutes of the movie opening. It's... Yeah, it doesn't take any time getting into no. this stuff. It's... And which I commend for that, to be honest. It's like introduce your characters fucking barely. Yeah. To be fair, introduction of Ming was quite cool. You didn't see his his head, kind of had this mysterious. And then when you did actually when you did enter, it was loads of like low angle shots mm. looking up and stuff. And so it was very good introduction for Flash was literally, can you sign this because you're famous and you're you play football? And then I guess, but that's it, isn't it? Yeah. He's got no powers, Flash. That's all you need um, to know. He's an yeah, all American then... boy. Him, oh my god, uh, building a spaceship. As soon as he was the, like, come in my spaceship, I was just like, spaceship? <laughs> All right, we're going we're going there, are we? What's well, funny you mentioned IMDb. Um, my favorite review on there, and it's a top review as well, actually. Um, and the reviewer mentions if Star Wars and the original Batman series had a kid, it would be Flash Gordon. And I just think that's <laughs> that is yeah. the perfect one liner for this movie. Mm. Yeah, no, that's um, that's amazing. I. Oh, there's so much. There's, I like the fights, the fights in it, because that was one thing that obviously drew my eye. There was not many uh, big fights. Like, take the, the when they first meet Ming and it turns into a football game, <laughs> amazingly. And Flash even calls out, like, touch, you know, plays to himself, because yeah. obviously no one else is on his team. <laughs> and Dale's um, there cheerleading at the side. Yeah. Go, Flash, go. It was a bit like, it felt, it felt like, oh, like old men fighting. They like kind of wind their fist all the way back and really go quick. And then when they're about a foot away, they slowly like, like open, like punching into their stomach. You're just like, wow, is this slow down? I, I did. Uh, I appreciated. I loved when, um, when Dale escapes, she takes the, she takes a uniform and she gets out and she has the mm. fight scene where she takes off her high heels 
and whips out some cartwheels and some karate kicks. Oh, I have that random <laughs> just like, nat- jump. Yeah. Where did that random come from? Just but, this, yeah, I love when she first like got a gun uh, and she kind of like, there's a guard coming and she hides behind a wall. And then she, as the guard kind of walk past her, she kind of goes behind and whistles to catch his attention. Yeah. But then she goes back to like her first position and, does it and waits for the guard to come back, basically where he's just gone. And then she takes him out. It's like bits like this where I'm just like, was there a, was there, was this done on purpose, do you think? Just those little bits like that. Or was there like, oh, for tension or just, just something. Like all these random lines. It's quite long. All these random lines. When, when Flash comes in right at the end, when he impales Ming. And again, I think it's Del. She just goes, yay, Flash! And like runs away. (laughs) Just... I am. I appreciated the fact that they they actually have some like physical connection in the fights. Like, there's a great shot of Brian Blessed in one of the final fights, just clonking two men on the head with the base <laughs> of his fist. Just, it, it's and like really, they they at least they're connecting. They're not trying to yeah. use clever camera positions to hide it. Not he connecting. They're just like no no no. Just just. Brian just hit it. Although I can imagine Brian, they were like, now, Brian, don't, please don't, please stop hitting. Bonk. <laughs> so he did kind of smack you in a club at one point. He was clubbed. Before, <laughs> so. so Danny, did any of the, were any of these um, characters on your bedroom wars posters as a, as a young boy? <laughs> Brian blessed up there on his, in his wings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, funnily enough, um, it was Ornella Muti. Um, yeah. I, I, I found I I mean, this movie, if you if you think of it, it's a very erotic movie as well. There's lots yeah. of like eroticism going on, you know, both straight and homoerotic. It's 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 very open movie for its time. Um, but yeah, she like she was probably one of my first crushes. Um, for an actress, there was something about her. Um, I don't know, just the way she moved. Obviously, some of the the outfit she wore, and <laughs> yeah, she was like Ornella Muti was there uh, was my go to, and then then Carrie yeah. Fisher came along, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I'm just trying I just this whole movie is it's just such a treasure. That's I just can't get over it. The fact the fact that it ends with him crashing a rocket into a building and impaling yeah. the baddie on the rocket. <laughs> and this spike is a good like what? 5 8 Oh, it's a maybe? steeple spike on that the... one, yeah. 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 Um I did, actually thinking about it, didn't I? I like didn't. So when he got uh, impaled, obviously he was he was lying against a flat uh, a flat uh, torpedo, and then he had the thing coming out of his chest mm. and a prop. But didn't he slide off it? Yeah, like, it it that I was quite impressed with that effect. Yeah, I um, really was. was pretty, like there's green blood up, coming all the way down there. The the spike. Yeah, it was really it was good. I was like actually a bit like a little bit of. Nice CGI yeah. in there, maybe. Although then, once he's removed himself from the spike and there's a shot of Flash with Ming kneeling on the ground in the background, you just see him just readjusting his cape and just sort of getting <laughs> yeah. comfortable on his knees. And again, just... If it was stuff like that that it really makes me wonder... They clearly knew that it was tongue-in-cheek and they were very mm-hmm. happy for everyone to go buck wild however they saw fit. But it's yeah. moments like that that a show like I can't I'm not gonna be able to get past Garth Marenghi's Dark Place because it just they feel so inherently linked. And yeah. in Dark Place that would have been put in specifically as a joke that even though he's injured the actor is moving around. And I don't know if it was intentional, but it's I s I just love it. Absolutely yeah. love it. What's well, like um it's really- in uh what is it? Um is it the um Force Awakens maybe when when like Kylo Ren's punching himself. Oh no! Is it, when is it, he gets shot in the second one? Yeah, Force Awakens. Force, uh, yeah, yeah, Force, Force Awakens, Awakens, right? And he's punching himself because he got shot by the blast. And I, I always wonder, you know, was that meant to be to show how tough he was? Hey, you know, I stood up and took Chewie's blaster, and I'm still here fighting you. Yeah. Or was it but he like ad ad lib? Because I know there was a lot of ad libs in the the movie too. So. Yeah, I I, don't know, I always saw that as yeah, like maybe blood coming back to his body or yeah just like come on wake up do this <laughs> the panels at the, at the start it did interest me did, 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 Danny do you say you ever read the comics or anything uh, I'm not that old man 
<laughs> the, the comic strip was out in the 1940s, I think. Oh, <laughs> so sorry. It's like, yeah, it's just a wee bit better in time. Well, but you know what? I did but, I did read some of them. Uh, I read the comics um, and I watched yeah. the, the old TV shows. They got replayed all the time. So Buster Crab played both Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers. Um, so it was like, the same ah. actor in two different shows. Um, but I did l- read the, the strips. They were in the dailies in the UK papers that my granddad got. Um, and I read some of them and it was cool to see, like you mentioned at the start, to actually see the homage to these strips that basically kicked everything off. So it kicked the TV show off. It gave Lucas his inspiration for Star Wars. It made this movie. It was really nicely done, a nice touch for sure. Mm. One interesting thing, while I was doing a bit of reading around this film, they, the comic book came back and was in print until like 2003. So there's, I think if you go to the, the Wikipedia page for the comics, where is it? Um, yeah, there's, there's quite an up-to-date, he looks, it's a bit Captain Britain. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> like, yeah, actually from January 2015. Artwork for the cover of oh. King Flash Gordon number one, January 2015. For a man with no power. <laughs> how did he ever just... He dies so much in this movie. He obviously dies once in this movie, but he nearly <laughs> dies loads. It's so funny. No. You are just like, you were so lucky that happened at that time. He's a throw of, He's throat of the galaxy. Yeah. Like the amount of times Absolutely. he dies in one movie. Yeah. Yeah. As you mentioned, Danny, just how sexual this movie is. Just like, I guess... Because at one point it looks very sexual between father and daughter, when she's like kind of stroking in beer, saying like, "I want Flash to toy with," basically. But hey, they're space people, you know. It could just be normal. For them. But it's um, it's weird. The um, uh, when when Flash tries to talk to Dale telepathically, and he accidentally tells us, and he's getting kissed by um, uh, what's the face? Princess Aura. Aura, that was mm. it. Yeah. And yeah, and he's, he's trying to tell Dale everything's all right, everything's all right. But then he's like, "Oh, God, I'm getting so turned on by this girl." And then luckily, she doesn't hear. Dale's like, "What was that?" And he's like, oh, "I've got to go." Whoops, bye. What he says, it's not. Uh, that's not meant for you. And I thought, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's like you're such a jock. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh man. The ultimate himbo. Yeah. Oh man, what else is this? I like Clytus. Um, death. His eye bulging. That was that was pretty good as well. Yeah. I, was, I did yeah. not expect that. I was wondering, like, are they, uh, is it like a person or an alien with fake, terrible tinfoil metal on his face? Or is it supposed to be a robot man? Because I could see his skin and, mo- and mouth and stuff. Yeah. And then that's the thing. I was like, did they, because his eyes, I think, had eye makeup, black, like Batman. Yeah. But his mouth didn't. So I was a bit <laughs> like, do they just forget that? <laughs> or is that where the budget ran out? <laughs> it's, I mean, I just love the fact that nothing is explained and like, they're a space-faring, like, hyper-hyper-technologically advanced, but a bunch of them are still using clubs and swords, mm. and it's just... It's what whatever you want to happen happens, and it doesn't matter because it's going to look fun <laughs> and, and be fun as it happens, and that's all it needs to be. There's no There's no real, like, higher message in this movie, aside from, like be nice to people save someone's life instead yeah. of killing them and then they'll help you out later <laughs> and that's all it needs to be and it's really it's great fun i do like how the villain doesn't need a reason he's literally doing uh, it for yeah shits <laughs> yeah it's just bored that, right <laughs> yeah that, o- <laughs> yeah, that opening bit with with all the the buttons with earthquake and yeah, no. tidal wave <laughs> and then when they land at um and then he, he <laughs> It's hot hail. Like he presses yeah. a button called hot hail. And I was actually there was one bit that really impressed me in the greenhouse with Zarkov when the hot hail starts falling down, mm. and one falls through the roof um, after they've woken up him and his and his assistant. And there's one on the floor, and he sort of moves it. And I was like, oh, that's emitting light. They've made some sort of plasticky thing, and they've put a light source in it. But then he moves it, and it gets a little spark of flame off the side. And I'm like, what? Did they just actually superheat a rock and just drop it on the floor in front of this actor? It's it's mad. You wouldn't you wouldn't get away with it now. Well, that's I think a lot of the the stuff that you see in this movie would probably make it a PG thirteen at least if it was released today. Um, and it was probably 
I don't know what the ratings were back then. Like um, there was A's and U's, if I remember, in the UK when it came out. <laughs> uh, I just can't remember. But yeah, it's it's just weird to think all the stuff that they put in that, which is meant to be like, it looks like a fun comic book come to life movie. And yeah. you see someone getting impaled, you see eyeballs falling out, you know, you see someone sticking their hand in and possibly getting bitten by a rabid spider and all that kind of weird stuff. <laughs> CGI rocket scene as well, I mentioned, because <laughs> it's kind of iconic. Um, is that when they go up against the Hawkmen? Yeah, I guess when they're flying, um, there's a bit where he's flying to them, and I think back, because um, it's a bit where Brian Blessed is obviously on wire, and it looks like he's <laughs> either spun or something, because like, he's not like spinning, he's just kind of like rocking almost. <laughs> And you're like, it seems like on that, on cut, he was like drinking or eating and then he just kind of spun around. And it kind of added to the flying motion, but I was just like, everyone else is dead still, but he's just kind of rocking a little bit. He's got to stand um, up. There was, there was one shot, I can't remember exactly where it happens in the film, and you see Brian Blessed, Brian Blessed in profile, shot slightly from below, and he's just got a nipple poking out of the side of his breastplate <laughs> in those weird leather pants. It's just so bizarre. It's so weird. Just and and I bet from all of the interviews and things that I've seen, I've met Brian Blessed once. Oh, what? Yeah, yeah. Like it, it, it just randomly at like a what was it um, nipple signing contest? It, it was no. It was a <laughs> like a, a classic car show that I went to with um, with my granddad years ago and yeah. he was just there and we said hello to him and he's he's abs he's exactly as balmy as you expect him to be <laughs> and i bet he loved it but that just who designed those costumes well it's an italian movie right it's like you can see the style coming through from the italian fashions and the designers um and yeah it's just like there was a lot of risque stuff but there's a lot of very cool like in the when you first meet ming and all these planets are there giving them gifts and stuff and just the costumes on display from that ballroom is just amazing mm. yeah the the scale of the production and again it's interesting that it doesn't have the same it, it never feels as big as star wars does but it, as as you mentioned earlier andy just taking it on face value the size of those sets and all of those costumes and all of those people stood there it's it's magnificent it's it's a real genuine achievement and it's it's i'm really glad that it's i'm really glad we've watched it i'm so glad you suggested it danny and yeah, yeah. and the fact that it has developed more of a cult following and apparently uh, another thing there is still a live action reboot or sequel in the works from taika waititi oh that would be awesome i thought this was a tv series I, I've, I, it's, it's still in flux, apparently, yeah. but. I was, because I, I was going to bring this up, because it does kind of tie into the, uh, into our, our sequel, so it's a nice seg segue by the host. Um, <laughs> if they were going to do a reboot slash sequel, what could you, what, what, as a now fan, fans of, uh, of the film, how do you keep that, you know, that shitty, campy, all that lot? Well, I'll I'll cover that in my pitch, thanks. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Fair. oh, all right. Don't give anything away. Because, I mean, I, I, I was thinking, obviously, why haven't they done a reboot? They could probably just do it on name alone rather than if anyone has actually seen the movie. Um, but now seeing it is one of those where you're just like, oh, yeah, don't, don't you fucking fuck Yeah. I will come after you. But again, I guess if you, if you did, they'd probably try and make it too cheesy or too... Then no too much what they're doing and they're just i think if you get someone that loves the source material like james gunn did with the guardians movies mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and and stayed true to it i think you could probably get someone that would actually do it justice but it has to be done in the same manner i don't think you could see you know make this a serious movie yeah, it has I'd, to be yeah. camp and quiche and and just like a natural progression from what was happening then but maybe you know giving a, a new life with the effects that we've got now and the stuff that we can do now I'd love to see it as a TV show, you know, get it on yeah. Netflix or Disney Plus or something, just mm. weekly adventures. Yeah. Maybe like a He-Man on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, that was shit, the, though. The Kevin Smith one. Was it the Kevin Smith one that was shit, or was the other one? Because it was two, right? There was two that came out right about the same time. Oh, like the sure. reboot. I think the Kevin Smith one got praised. I thought there was only one. It, but... Well, I, I think it got... Um, some people liked it and some people really didn't. 
it, it was quite polarizing. But again, He Man is one is another one that has literally never been on my radar. Uh-huh. So yeah. I I watched the first episode and it was fine, but it didn't speak to me. But, uh, but apart from Mark Hamill as Skeletor, which is, <laughs> which is great yeah. fun. Um, I'm just I'm just kind of chuckling to myself going through the quotes on IMDb. Um, also one of the I oh, uh, we, there were some great costumes and sets. But there also wasn't. Remember the lizard men? <laughs> like I, they've their mouths are open and it shows the human face. But I don't even know if that's the actor's face or if that is another rubber mask and the face is somewhere else. Oh, like what the fuck? It was that was definitely was made weird. in the final third of the shooting when the budget had just been eaten up. Yeah, <laughs> when he's the yeah, lizard man. Like, oh shit! We, we yeah, we it's like so people rocked up basically. Um, they were like, oh shit, we haven't got any costumes for these extras. Just give them all. <laughs> all right, mate, all I'm a kids, lizard. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing um, is, though, with the movie, it was actually nominated for 12 awards and it won two, which is crazy really? when you think about wow. some of the movies that would have come out in 1980. Mind you, yeah. one of the ones that the one was for the worst couple, um, and that was for Melody <laughs> Anderson and Sam Jones, and that was from the, uh, what was that, the Stinkers well, Bad Movie Awards. Are they a couple? <laughs> Well, that's this it. is so weird. Yeah, are it, yeah couple... I'm not sure. Because when he walks in, I think he sees um, Aura for the first time and he's like, ooh. And then she's like, oh, hello, I'm here. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, but... <laughs> you met him five minutes ago. Yeah, literally five minutes ago. And then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Bloody travel agents. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I could talk about this movie for a while. But any last thoughts, guys, before we go on to final scores? I think. I'm I'm going to just already I'm going to prepend this and say that Drew's won because he already says he's going to he's got an idea for it being quiche and stuff. So I, I'm sorry, Andy. Hey, my I've got I've got some few tricks up my sleeve. Don't worry. Listen, I'm listen open to, to all. Uh, by final thoughts and uh, Drew uh, and score final thoughts. Okay. Um. Yeah. It's. If you if you take this movie for what it clearly was intending to be, you can't not love it. I I, I really don't know what else to say. It's yeah. it's fabulous. It is fabulous fun. I'm so <laughs> glad that I watched it. And I anything anything that I would potentially deduct points for is still adds to the charm and so i'm i'm gonna give it five brian blessed nipple peaks out of five wow (laughs) that's five nipples five nipples Nipples. (laughs) (laughs) danny what about yourself you know, I was thinking when, when Drew was speaking there and we've been speaking about it, um, about how quiche it is, but it's still true to the source and like just a great comic book movie. In a way, it kind of reminds me of Michael Keaton's Batman, where mm. obviously that had a bigger budget, much better effects and you know, clearly better actors. Um, but just the, the love for the source material and staying true, it felt like a comic book. So you watched Batman and it felt like the comic book. You had like the Joker, you know, Jack Nichols and Joker was comic book defined for the Joker. Um, so I, I, I just feel like, like, like we've said, it's, it's one of these movies that got a lot of crap when it came out because it wasn't Star Wars. It was cheesy. It was like the poor effects, really bad acting. Sam Jones got his voice dubbed in a lot of scenes as well because it wasn't quite right. So there's a lot of stuff going on. But hey, Dave Prowse got his voice dubbed. So what yeah. do they know? You know. <laughs> so it's um, but, but yeah, I'm. This is like a movie that I will watch time and time again. And and love every time I think and enjoy it. And I will also give it like a five five Ornella Muti moves on you. <laughs> okay. Move on me, I need to <laughs> Ooh, I'm Um Yeah. Cause I, I just thought of a question which is probably be too long to go into. Like what's the difference between this quote bad movie and another quite quote bad or good bad movie and and another bad like uh what's that most famous gremlins 2 i think that like the most famous um bad movie when you know they're coming to eat me oh, <laughs> oh no they're eating her and then they're gonna come for me <laughs> why why is this good and still good but that's bad movie but also good but anyway, it's probably a deeper question in there somewhere 
Um, my yeah, I don't know. I'm. I, this is so weird. Yeah, because I want to give it a five because it's a great movie. But my go with your heart, man. Yeah, same. But you can't really pick anything apart because it's kind of meant to be. So yeah, I think it's my first, my first five. I'm gonna go five. Wow, metal armored. Tighty whities that he wears. Andy, <laughs> five, 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 <laughs> five. Wow, man. Yeah, it's um, it's something, it's something special. I mean, you could literally watch it at any, any point, any mood, and just get a laugh. And I think, yeah, the more you watch it, the more you can kind of go in deep and see things in the background, like extras or something, like maybe pick on their nose, and they're just like, well, got that, yeah. Oh, man. This See, now I really wish I'd show. watched this stoned when I was at university. <laughs> I like that would have been amazing. Yeah. We'll, um, we'll, Andy, we'll have to take a trip over to the States and Danny, we'll get you to California where edibles are legal and we'll, we'll all watch Flash Gordon. At <laughs> um, oh, yes, we, we also had a review. Um, Ross has provided a review for yeah. us. So Ross's review is the Rubik's Cube, Ronald Reagan, Pac-Man and The Shining all pale in comparison the 1980 camp sci-fi adventure classic Flash Gordon. As you watch this film, you can't help but laugh at the ridiculous nature of it. If you go in expecting it to be Star Wars, you'll be disappointed. But if you go into this movie to have fun, you will, and lots of it. From the wood beast scene to every Brian Blessed moment, this movie is full of fun, memorable moments, and it also has a killer soundtrack. So I'm going to give this five boar worms out of five. Nice. Another five. So yeah, I mean, I did, I did kind of what I was like. Oh man, the way the you, the way to make this movie better would have Brian Blessed be Flash. <laughs> For me, that's yeah. the only way to make it that slightly bit better. He um, probably would Flash though. Uh, I, that's, well, that's, yeah, he'd yeah, get his he, like Birdman outfit, his Hawkman. <laughs> <laughs> um, that that means wow, that's, that means yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking back to some of the movies that we've done and, and rated pretty high. That, like Inside Out was a it's a good smart film. We rated that like what four and a half, maybe? Yeah, this is, Flash Gordon <laughs> is our highest rated <laughs> movie Boom. out of I mean forty three episodes of the podcast and spoiler casts <laughs> as well. Um the ones that come yeah. closest are Inside Out at four point eight one, um Knives Out at four point eight one and Spider-Man No Way Home, 4.7. But yeah, Flash Gordon has the full five. Oh my wow. God. Outstanding. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. It's, let's say, it's, it's, you have to see it. Definitely. In your face, Stinker's Bad Movie Awards. <laughs> <laughs> right, so now is the time where Ming the Merciless's more evil brother, Danny the Destroyer, will hear our, our sequel ideas and make us fight to prove who is worthy as he likes to play with his things before their annihilation. <laughs> so, Danny, who would you like to hear first? Let's, myself or... let's go with Drew, because he's got the same first initial as me. Okay. Okay, so my sequel is called Flash Gordon, colon, King of the Impossible. Um, Impossible? I, it works. I like it. I, um, I'll get into casting in a second. Um, so we open. I thought the movie seeing... was going to be called Flash Gordon's Colon, and I thought this is going to go in a weird direction. This movie's shit. That age, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, pro- prostate <laughs> has to have the exam. Um, so we see Flash Dale and Zarkov, their original incarnations, use footage from the previous film, uh, saying that they're going to try and work out how to get back to Earth, and then you have the cheesiest possible voiceover. Um, explaining that they found a, a a space portal and they get into a, a capsule, fly into the portal and go back to Earth. But it pulls them through time, 42 years since they left, and they land directly in the Oval Office of the White House, um, <laughs> having had their appearances altered by the journey. And so um, Zarkov is now played by Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, Dale is played by Haley Steinfeld. <laughs> And Flash is Channing Tatum in a big blonde wig. <laughs> um, they immediately realise something's horribly wrong on Earth. There's a, a disease that's that's um, killing it. They call it the Purple Death because it le- there's a, it leaves purple spots all over people's faces. Um, the president gives them an exposition dump and says spaceships arrived a few days ago and started spreading 
um, death dust, which is making everyone sick. And they look at a picture of the ship and they realize that it's one of Ming's fleet. But how can that be? Um, and so Zarkov, Dell and Flash say that they know this ship. And the president says, I can help you. They go to the secret NASA bunker directly below the White House. Um, the White House splits into like a Thunderbirds, like Thunderbirds 1 opening. The, the round <laughs> bit breaks in half and they get on a spaceship. And within five minutes, they are bat on, they're back on the planet and have crashed and they meet our friends. However, they find that here time has passed by 40 years as well. Their friends, Barin and Aura, the king and queen who now have children and grandchildren and Voltan are all now aged by 40 years. And you bring all of the original actors back. Um, they discover that Ming didn't die. He escaped into the ring and he took over the mind of the person who picked it up. And over 30, for, over 30 or 40 years, he's been building power and influence and then revealed himself to be Ming reborn. And now the planet's at war. Um, this is done entirely with no flashbacks, no flashbacks at all. It's all in the room. The entire movie has to be shot to look like the original. Like all the sets have to be practical and made of plastic and cardboard. All like everything needs to be done in the same way. That is how I see this happening. Like the White House will clearly be a miniature and all of that kind of stuff. Um. So they're they're at war, and so uh, Brian Blessed says, right, we've uh, if Earth is being threatened too, now I've been saying that we need to do a final assault on Ming's base to the north, but then his his sort of chief general says that the the Hawkmen don't trust him anymore; they don't trust his judgment. He's too old. So Brian Blessed has a trial by combat to try and get them to fight, but he loses. Um, and then Ming's army of robot men arrive. And there's a big battle. And after that, Flash, Dale, Zarkov, Voltan and Barin leave to go on the mission to stop Ming. Sort of Voltan's kind of in um, going into exile and Barin feels like he should go and help. Um, and they all go along with Barin's daughter, Princess Exeter, who is played by Charlize Theron, because of course she is. Um, <laughs> they go to Frigivia, which is the frozen northern area of the planet. Um, because if Arborea is the forest bit, then Frigivia has to be the frozen bit. Um, they fight their way through a wasteland filled with Yeti monsters that are clearly men in white-painted gorilla suits until they reach Ming's palace. Uh, they begin infiltrating, but it all goes wrong. Ming's avatar, and I've got him being played by Taika Waititi, not in yellow face, um, catches them in a trap. Volton and King Barin cause a distraction to help the others escape and sacrifice themselves, and they're killed. Um, but Dale and Zarkov uh, are captured as well, while Flash escapes with Exeter. They find the antidote, they load it onto one of Ming's spaceships, and Exeter flies away to spread the antidote over Earth and save everyone, while Flash goes to find Dale and Zarkov. Um, Dale and Zarkov uh, manage to science their way out of the prison cell, and then Dale pulls out her awesome kung fu moves that she knew in the first movie, and they escape. Ming, realising that his campaign against Earth has failed, is going to gather his robot army, and his lieutenant, Captain Shadow, and they're going to prepare for a final assault on the Royal Kingdom um, with their also fi finally prepared and really helpfully timed Ion Plasma Gamma Cannon, um, which has to be charged up to explode the city. Um, Flash gets surrounded. He's about to be taken out, but Dale and Zarkov arrive and they save him. They decide to get to the control center to turn off the robot army and destroy the cannon. They fight their way there, but then Captain Shadow finds them and they have a long, exciting fight and he beats them all. He brings them all to Ming. They're about to be executed and then Exeter returns with the Hawk army and the Royal Guards in tow on their flying mobility scooters um, led by Queen Aura. There's a huge fight. Dale and Zarkov manage to take down Captain Shadow and Flash faces off against Ming. Ming has a big dialogue, uh, big dialogue, big monologue about how in the 40 years since Flash left Earth, Earth's sort of gone evil, and even if Flash defeats him, it, the, the evil that's in Ming lives on in Earth, and it's not the pure place that it was when he left in 1980. Um, but Flash says humanity will always have a spark of good, and he'll help find it, and then he kills Ming by throwing him into the cannon and it explodes. Um, there's a big celebration, Exeter takes over as queen, there's a big funeral for Burren and Bolton, and Flash is knighted and given the honorary title King of the Impossible, and then they return to Earth on a mission to make it a better place. The end. Oh, good. 
Uh, I send that. Mm-hmm. Could fully end it, sum up in one line. <clears throat> well, oh, I completely forgot to do that at the beginning. Sorry. Um. <sighs> oh yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, that's fine. But uh... yeah, so to to sum it up in one line, Flash and his friends return to return to Mingo to fight his renewed threat. I think that's it. Like it, <laughs> it doesn't need to be any more than that. That's all it. it is. It. Flash go, Flash go on adventure. Bang. Flash and his friends return to Mingo to fight Mingo. <laughs> <laughs> you both get points off for calling it Mingo. It's Mongo. Oh, sorry. <laughs> is it Mongo? It's Mongo. Mong- Mongo. Mongo. Yeah. Oh, my bad. Wikipedia. Oh, maybe. Oh, <laughs> well known. Place of facts. <laughs> Thank you uh, very much, Drew. That was yeah, that was alright. Uh, <laughs> let's get to the better pitch. It's me. Right. It's mine. Mine is called Flash Two, uh, Ming's Ring of Doom. Uh, I also got alternatives of the Return of Ming, which does kind of give it away, I guess. But it's going to be spoiled in the trailers. <laughs> the Return of uh, the of Ming. Return of the Ming. Return of the Ming. Once again. Um, and then I got flasher, and then the fl- third one will be flashing. But I would want to change what flashing and flasher means with the def- you know, with these movies. So, uh, but for the moment, we're sticking with, we're sticking with Ming's you're, ring you're of reclaiming doom. flashing. I'm reclaiming the for, word for the flashing. People. Yeah, yeah. It's going to take a while to you know change people's opinion. But... <laughs> All right. So Flash's uh, call back into action to save uh, the universe once again. But has Father Time gotten the better of our hero? Right, we open on the end of a football match. The New York Jets are down and the ball was thrown to Flash, who's still playing despite his age. He's amazing still. The crowd watches on with hope in their eyes as Flash fumbles the catch, meaning his team loses uh, the big game. Flash is devastated. As he's packing his things up in the locker room, he overhears his team talking about him getting old and how he's not what he used to be. Uh, on the way out of the stadium, Flash gets interviewed by someone and they keep, you know, bring up his... Uh, his highlights from his career and ask if he's past his prime and really push, you know, is he past his, uh, is he too mm. old? Uh, Flash goes home to his wife, Dale, and they discuss uh, the whole, that whole thing and suggest, um, is he too old? Uh, Dale says that uh, being old isn't such a bad thing, but football is in his blood uh, and the decision is his. They sit, then sit down for dinner and toast the anniversary of them returning to Earth. Uh, just then a spaceship crash lands into their garden <laughs> and it's Dr. Zark- Dr. Zarkov. <laughs> Comes out and yeah, a nice little callback to the first one. He reminds the two, but obviously kind of informs the audience that he stayed in space as the other two took spaceship back to Earth. Uh, and he explains that the universe is under threat again from an unknown source, and Zarkov needs their help to save the universe. Flash tells him he's too old to help and will re- retire from football after his last game of the season tomorrow. Just then, different alien races start attacking Earth, just loads of ships. Uh, they start invading Flash's neighborhood, and we have a campy fight scene. Of Flash, uh, with the help of Dale and Zarkov, but mainly Flash, saving his neighbours. Like, he can get thrown from house to house, uh, but he's saving his neighbours. And because Flash is rich and famous, he could. there's a chance for some cameos here. Um, <laughs> Flash wins most of his fights by luck. Uh, it would be similar fights to the first one, as I was saying. They're kind of, it was almost like they were old men in the first ones. Uh, there'd be no, like, joke stuntmen as well. Like, if Flash goes to like run, we won't cut to like a small Chinese man doing a flip and then cut back to like Caucasian Sam Jones. <laughs> it's not that kind of laugh. I see him more like trying to jump over a really small stall, but that's the stunt. <laughs> um, <coughs> uh, so yeah, Flash says he's going to, uh, oh no, sorry, I'm past that one. See, he's saving his neighbors. Uh, Flash wins most of his fights uh, with the help of luck. He's not as sprightly as he used to be. Eventually, Sarkov gets captured and Flash and Dale uh, leave on Sarkov's spaceship to rescue him. They travel to see Voltan, Baron uh, and Aura, um, but they find their palace has been destroyed after losing the war to this unknown evil. Uh, we can have Baron and Aura. Uh, they've been good rulers, but their marriage is strained. Uh, Voltan talks about a hooded figure who murdered his family and now wants revenge. Uh, Baron says that they should travel to an acquaintance in search of information, then fly to another planet and get caught in a big space battle. Uh, they win the space battle and they then say they land and then save a CGI alien character called Nutty. <laughs> kind of think Jar Jar, but not as annoying. 
Uh, he, he, it joins the group. Um, they then fight and interrogate some goons. Uh, and then one of the goons whispers, Ming has returned. And everyone starts freaking out. And Nutty says, it sounds like dark magic. And they should, wizard, they should see the wizard, a spellman who uh, has access to the dark arts. So they go to another planet. Uh, the gang talks to the wizard. And he sees Baron is injured from his last fight, uh, the space battle. And he tells everyone they should rest overnight. Uh, Baron is getting patched up and we have that good old fashioned trope where uh, Aura walks in just as he's like, you know, half naked old Timothy Dalton with his chest out, getting bandaged up. And um, Aura thinks that they're flirting with the nurse or, or anything like that. So they, they have a big fight. Um, Aura is then woken up by this uh, like nurse uh, who she's trying to kill. Aura then kills her and realizes that uh, the wizard is betraying them. Um, so she wakes up everyone and then they, then they try and leave and we have a scene kind of like the first one where they're on speeders, scooters uh, with a big flying action scene uh, with bad CGI uh, they defeat the goons but they lose to the wizard until Nutty reveals that he has some powers and he defeats the wizard uh, before dying the wizard tells the gang that Ming threatened him so he's not a bad guy um, he was you know, just trying to save his family he cast a spell uh, on Ming that meant Ming could transfer his life force into his ring if he was uh, ever in danger. Whoever would find uh, or whoever would find the ring could then put the ring on, but then Ming would overtake him. To kill Ming, you have to destroy the ring. The wizard uh, gives Flash a spell book with some of the darkest magic in the universe, but he says it's needed to kill Ming. Uh, they then get a message beamed to them in their ship, and it's Ming! He's come back for revenge on Flash and has sent an army to destroy Earth. Another one. He sent the first one, you know, the first wave in the earlier <laughs> film. Uh, Flash offers himself to Ming in exchange for Earth's safety, but Ming refuses. Our heroes then fly back to Earth. And this is where the big song in the soundtrack comes in um, as uh, Flash and his friends fly through Earth and the atmosphere and they start battling ships. I think we should give the big song to Fallout Boy because they did such a great <laughs> job with the Ghostbusters song. <laughs> so they land um, and we sing that Ming also has taken over the White House well, <laughs> and he's possessed all his guards. So uh, Flash and Dale and everyone kind of fight their way. They don't kill anyone they, with the guards. They just knock them out. But they fight their way to Ming. And then Ming and there's a big fight basically where Ming uses the, the Stark spell book on. Uh, sorry, Flash uses the Dark spell book. Dark, <laughs> Flash uses the Dark spell book on Ming. Uh, Baron, Aura, and Voltan have to do a side adventure. Basically, they have to go get Zarkov off Ming's ship. Uh, there's a scene where Baron saves Aura, then rekindles their love, and Voltan finds the goon that murdered his family and gets his revenge. Um, there's a bit where uh, Flash looks like he's going to die, but then Nutty sacrifices itself for Flash, and we have a big emotional scene with, um, with Flash and Nutty, because um, I think it'd be funny to see Sam Jones talking to a green cushion, basically, and have an emotion. <laughs> Uh, before Ming dies, um, uh, yeah, sorry, so Nutty sacrifices a little bit, but, but um, yeah, Flash then fights and kills Ming, but before Ming dies, Ming tells Flash that he has told many evil planets to invade Earth if he dies. Flash then goes to the window and sees all these ships kind of like popping in. Um, so he, he picks up Ming's ring. And he and he looks into it with steely eyes, and he communicates with all the planet, with all the ships, and he says, if they want to uh, t attack and destroy Earth, they have to go through him. And then he kills Ming, and he destroys the ring, and we kind of all see the ships kind of like, not not comically, but maybe with a whoosh sound, I kind of turn around and then fly away. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, everyone reunites, and it's a big happy end. Then uh, uh, Flash uh, realizes maybe he's not too old for this shit, and he saved the world once again. Uh, Dale then suddenly remembers that he's got the final game of the season in 10 minutes but how's he going to get all the way across town uh, and then the end scene is the scene in the stadium everyone waiting on Flash everyone biting their nails where is he uh, and then we see Flash arrive in Ming spaceship kind of Allah, uh, Allah, or um, Allah, yeah Allah, Allah, yeah Allah, Michael Jordan in uh, Space Jam <laughs> uh, he plays the final game this time catching the pass that wins the game for the Jets he has an interview with uh, someone and he says, you know, maybe he'll stay on just for one more season. Everyone celebrates, big happy end, and Flash and Dale have a big kiss and then smile and wave to the crowd. So I think that's how all the 80s movies basically ended. Okay. Jolly good. Yeah, on, on a freeze frame. 
Yeah, we'll yeah, just, hey. <laughs> no, it's where it's, it's a whole credits roll and they're there just like looking for the camera. But, but it's not the They actually get them <laughs> no, to stand yeah, there. Yeah, just keep going. No, yeah. no, not but they have to try and hold the freeze, but they're wobbling. Oh, so, <laughs> sorry, Sam, we couldn't afford a freeze frame. You're going to have to keep it for 13 minutes. Uh, well. Perfect. So... Just the two pictures this week for you, Danny. Danny, the almighty. Hell, Danny, mm. <laughs> who's Flash for you, Sean Brightest? You had Drew's Flash and Friends return to Mingo to fight Mingo. Mingo. Or Ma- Mingo. <laughs> and fight Mingo. 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 Um, <laughs> well, I know, it's because I wrote that before we changed it. That's why I just... Uh... Or mine. Um, what happened to mine? Oh, yeah, the return of Ming and a story about age being just a number. <laughs> Let's go to um, the fight. Oh, yeah, forgot to write the fight intro <laughs> bit into my, uh, my host script. So much for trying to be professional. Right. Let's start with uh, me. Drew, yours wasn't that great. <laughs> <laughs> Do elaborate. <laughs> um, okay, so this is hard because obviously there's nothing wrong with the first one. So how can there be anything wrong with uh, Mate, yeah, I was I Did, I um, was gonna say the same thing. Like ultimately, yeah, and I, it's kind of hard. It's also quite hard to like say yours is better just because. Well, but I, mean, I, I think that would kind of be more. I do have a so you've got obviously Baron Voltan and Aura back, mm-hmm. but you haven't got Flash or Dale. Back. Yeah, right. Okay, just because I think that should be marked against you. You haven't actually got Sam Jones back. I like so I did. I did actually put some thought into this because he apparently has such like it, it I'm not sure if the studio would be able to get him back. Um he did, from, he did he came back in mind. Well yeah, well well done your studio. In the real world, <laughs> he's 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 not happy or with how it's real shook studio out, in your real world. Um but yeah, it it's that was that was part of it, but also like with mine I'm trying to I'm embracing the I'm making it more explicit that we're making it bad for the comedy of it bad in inverted commas and I actually thought about 21 and 22 jump street which is what led me to Channing Tatum um because I I I originally I was thinking of someone younger but it's that kind of vibe that I was going for and I just thought you know what he's really really funny he's uh mads mickelson can be hilarious Haley steinfeld's amazing and brian blessed's like 85 um <laughs> timothy dalton's in his 70s and they're i feel like the joke of they're they're getting too old for this shit or they're not might get might run its course fairly quickly where if people really like this i wanted to have a primary cast in place who could carry on for numerous sequels for as long as people wanted to go and see it yeah see i see i can see why you've done that i just i <coughs> i i just think if you recast you lose so much of that do original charm and you like you didn't have to take the old storyline but you could have had these characters they the same age they are and do things i think if you I, if you don't have the original in there you they they will it, it still be there. It starts to become twenty one and twenty two jump street. Well, yeah, that's uh, kind yeah, of. I do but... think you need to modernize it a little bit. I have to admit, I did have one at the very beginning when I first started. I was like, okay, it picks up immediately afterwards, and we're pretending they're all the same age they were in nineteen eighty. <laughs> but then I was like, nah, yeah, that would amazing. Like, that would have been quite it, funny. But yeah. then, how far? How far are you pushing it for the joke? And like, I I don't know. It's. It just felt like the right move. I want it. I do want it to have market appeal. And whilst it's a cult classic, if you've got some bigger Hollywood names in it as the stars, hopefully it will bring the audience. But okay, well, I say mine's got the the whole original casting, um, except for Max. I I heard he is he truly died recently. Uh, Ming died. Yeah, he to be passed. He is. Yeah, he passed twenty fifteen. I think yeah. maybe. Mm. Oh, is it? Uh, it, it our, our replacement with Shatner, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, my, I, I feel mine's got mine would be the easiest to keep with the charm from the first. Um, I would basically, I think they had yeah, like twenty million in the eighty. So whatever that the equivalent would be now, oh, I would Christ. give them that much. I wouldn't give many more, and they would literally have to just like. 
do everything with paper mache. I mean, that would be get that, some like that cheap. Would be, no, but that would be like a hundred million dollar movie. No, 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 no. In like what, like what the equivalent would of twenty, which would probably be about what ten or even probably about less than that. No, oh, what as in so a ju- Yeah, 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 yeah. Not, not, yeah, not like taking it for what it is. What would twenty million? Actually, to be honest, twenty million was probably well, pretty. Yeah, hard. no, exactly. Quite like seriously, yeah. for inflation from nineteen eighty. Hang on, right? I'm, I'm, I'm looking at. Well, no, no, uh, not doing it for inflation. <laughs> like, it, how much? How much was a, a twenty minute, twenty million dollar film in the eighties? But I'd say I'd give him like a five, ten, a five to ten million dollar budget. Oh, like, it, right, it would, okay. it would be on a shoestring. Yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry, I should say it'd be a shoestring <laughs> budget. It wouldn't just be like, yeah, with inflation now, one hundred twenty million, but make it look shit. <laughs> um, yeah, that's um, I, trying to yeah. think. Apart from that, as I say, it's I've got I've got like I, I like the idea of like a CGI character in there as well. That's kind of new, um, and him sacrificing himself for Flash so we get a big emotional scene. And if you don't like him, like Jar Jar, you get to see him die every every time yeah, you watch the movie. There is that. It's yeah, yeah it, it's I for me just trying to nitpick because it's our job to do it <laughs> at this point. It's so hard. I, like yeah i i i do i think that the the having the theme of aging in there really does make sense if you're bringing back that character but it's it it doesn't feel it doesn't feel pulpy it feels messagey where part of the charm of the first one for me is that it has no point it has no real wider message that it's trying to put across. But I'm not than... shoving it down your throat. That's the thing. It it, it basically I mean... comes at the start and then comes at the I, end. And I he's mean... like, you're too old for this. 90 minutes later, he's like, you know what? I'm not too old for this. And that's, <laughs> that's, that's it. That's, a large, that's his a large number he of starts, your jokes. He starts are, um... down here and then he shoots up and, that's, and then he ends. Okay, fair enough. I, yeah, I find, I'm finding it hard to be <laughs> fair to, to, uh, to pick faults. Um, so let's uh, maybe I say, Danny, do you do you have enough? Go on to to pick it a to pick a winner. I do, yes, I do. I uh, I loved yeah. both of them, and they're both very different, which is very cool. Um, there's some mm-hmm. little crossovers there. Um, I I agree with not bringing the cast back. That was a little point against you, Drew, mate. Um, to Fair bring. Enough. Bring Sam, but I love that you've got Frigidia there. <laughs> the amount of fun you could have with that, like ice cold princesses that Flash is trying to get off with. And no, no, that'd be like a lot of cool stuff. So, and the whole, you know, like the White House, like the White House down with Channing Tatum. You could play like a whole bunch <laughs> of like messed up crossovers there as well, you know, and bring up some cool characters. I did like the um, like just the batshit crazy approach, Andy, of your. Your pitch. That was like, <laughs> every, <laughs> everything's in there. It doesn't make sense. It's like, how did, <laughs> wait a minute, why did Zarkov end up here? <laughs> what, what rocket I so ship? forgot him. <laughs> he got kidnapped and I realised about 20 minutes before we started. I was like, he doesn't come back. And I was like, <laughs> where's Zarkov? So I, I really appreciate that. It's like, it, that stayed true to just the, the whole... We'll make this up as we go along, you know, approach to it. I think you both get points off for having, like, the, the sacrifices. I don't think that would have happened if, if they were approaching it the same way. It, yeah, the, the messaging is obviously good and why the sacrifices happen. But I don't think, if you think back to the Flash Gordon itself, nobody really sacrificed themselves. They put themselves yeah. in danger, but there was no big, huge, I'm taking the, yeah. the hit for the team. Um, apart from obviously Brian Bless's nipple, to, you know that we have to. <laughs> I'm not going to go back and watch it the same way now because I'm going to be wary of this scene no. appearing. Um, so for me, Andy takes this um, hey. because, like I said, I, I love the fact that they're both very different, and I, I like the fact you're trying to modernise it and take that sort of Star Wars approach by handing off it with the old crowd. So with Force Awakens. We're handing it off to buy a single back to the old crowd and giving the the new cast the sequels to run with, which didn't work out unfortunately. So that's a point <laughs> against you as well. <laughs> but um no, I just think just purely for the whole batshit crazy approach that Andy brought with that that whole pitch that no one knew what was going on, but clearly we're setting up for, you know, flash free flashing. That's just <laughs> I think for that alone, if nothing else, if nothing else for that alone, we'd have to go for that. Because now we want to see and they try to reclaim the word flashing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, there we go. Well, Flasher is back. Well done, Andy. <laughs> very, very well it's deserved. It's coming. 
Yes, thank you, Danny. Listeners, let us know your favourite pitch on Twitter using the hashtag SequelPitchDrew or SequelPitchAndy. Yes, I won! Ha-ha! <laughs> you did. Yes, Drew. I did. As Drew falls on his sword, let us tell you what we will be doing next episode. Oh, God, we're doing Top Gun, aren't we? We are. Oh, uh, okay. This will be interesting. With a very another special guest, Cat Hughes. Another uh, another first time watch for me. Top Gun. Oh, what? Shut Again, I was going to say I've watched a lot of scenes on YouTube. One scene a lot in particular. Um, <laughs> the beach scene, the volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say which one. Oh, well, but, um, <laughs> I can't yeah, believe you've not like. watched Top Gun. I um uh, I really like Hot Shots. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've seen Hot Shots. <laughs> so, yeah, I was going to say, it's going to be hard to watch Top Gun and not be like, yeah, it's not as funny as Hot Shots, though, is it? So. <laughs> right. Yes, Top Gun, next episode. That will be interesting. So that's all today. God, it feels really weird we've only got two of yeah. us on. It feels like we're missing a, missing a big... Big, a big bit of the uh, big piece of the podcast here, but oh well. Oh, I, th- I think Danny's more than made up for it, personally. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Who needs the other two? Yeah, Danny, thanks again for coming on and judging this ridiculous head-to-head. <laughs> Tell everyone where we can find you and what you'll be doing in the future. For sure. So you can find me. The easiest thing to do is go to bio.link/dannybrown, and that's got a bunch of links to the podcasts and uh, some other stuff. I think I don't know. And over at Captive AFM, if you're a podcaster, that's my little pitch now. If you're a podcaster <laughs> and you need a really cool host, um, come check us out at Captivate.fm. We'll be looking after you. Yeah, look after us. Yeah. It's the end of our Captivate takeover run with Mark and Mark Gary and, Danny. and now you, Danny. So if anyone else from Captivate wants to come on, just give us a shout. Thank you once again, Danny. This is that. That's it. Yeah. This, is, this is the episode, isn't it? That is it. Right. Follow us on Twitter and all that. Just Google sequel pitch or you know search it. Just do it. You, you know what to do. That's it. See ya. Oh, bye. Bye, Drew. Bye. <laughs> bye. 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 bye.